Hey everyone, welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product managers. Today we speak with Richard Ferreira, who's a product manager at the Delta. Hey Richard, welcome to the show. Hi Dwayne, thanks for having me. Awesome. So Richard, tell me a bit about yourself. You, where are you from? So I'm from Maputo, Mozambique. And um, yeah, I was born and raised here. I moved to South Africa to study uh, graphic design and web development. Then I went to study mechanical engineering. And um, yeah, that was, that was essentially my growth path and all of the things that I studied that kind of coalesced to me becoming a product manager. Interesting. And uh, like, how how did you get into to product? Like mechanical engineering is a very, very interesting, mm-hmm. um, I would say, uh, role to get into product or brute to get into product. Like mm-hmm. how, how did that, um, how that happen? So when I moved to, to Cape Town, I uh, studied graphic design and web development, and that was a clear path to it, right? But at that moment, I realized that I still wanted to go back to university. I had, I had gotten a taste for the software, and I wanted to get to see a little bit of the hardware. And so that's why I went in that direction. And I think that by second year, I realized that I was missing being in the technology space. And so I was already plotting my way back, and I was trying to see which opportunities were available to me. And at that point, um, I noticed that quite a lot of the things that I had done, that broad background, they kind of set me up nicely to going into product because um, you'd be dealing with all of those stakeholders, different areas, marketing, and all of that. And essentially, that was my path to it. I like to say that I uh, took the scenic route, and I think it's quite, <laughs> I like thinking about it that way. Interesting. Um, so w- I, would, I would say, like, what similarities or what strengths uh, have you taken from uh, your background to, to bring into the, um, the, the product industry? Um, what, what have you used as your, uh, I would say, your strength? The fact that I worked in graphic design and then became a developer, those two things have become quite useful when talking to product designers, UX designers, and of course, to developers as well. Um, we can speak a similar language, I can follow along with what they say, and we kind of had that mutual respect for each other. I think that kind of uh, uh, sets me up nicely. In terms of the mechanical engineering, um, I, let's just say that it hasn't made me shy to dive into technical subjects. And so I find that that is quite useful as a PM, especially when you have to ramp up on a subject that might not be so um, straightforward to grasp. I'm willing to kind of like put in the time and make sure that I grasp it well enough to then bring something back to the team and start that conversation. Interesting. It, that's that's a very unique superpower to have because a lot of times um, people either come from, I'd say, like the engineering side or from the design side, or sometimes even they they come like transition straight from like an MBA and like dr- drop into product. Uh, but it seems that you've had like two of these superpowers and you're using that to, to, to help people build, build better products. How does that help you to, I would say, one, communicate with, um, with your team, like especially engineers, and, and I would say like uh, communicating the, those, um, the things that the users request to the rest of the stakeholders of, of, um, for the product itself? How does that help? Mm. I know that specifically when I bring requests from users, um, I try to keep a neutral mind on it. So let's say, for example, a user requests a feature. I try to drill deep and I try to find out, okay, what's the reasoning behind that? You know, what's the root cause of asking for such a feature? And I try to surmise that user need. And when I bring that to developers, um, I empower them to actually make some of those product hypotheses. And so they could say, oh, we could solve this in X, Y, and Z way, or we could do it in a different way. And of course, I'll have my own hypotheses that I'd like to test. But um, knowing, um, having that background allows me to say, 
um, okay, um, developer A, you want to try it and doing it this way and this way. So naturally, you've considered option A, B, and C. Um, are you hoping to take this route or that route? And we're talking in technical terms there. And so they'll clarify. And um, then we can get to like a shared understanding of what exactly, what technical implementation they're thinking of. And um, it helps us uh, go forward after that. Interesting. Um, and and how does that help you when it comes on to asking like users um, the right questions, right? Because like the thing is, uh, I, uh, I think Elon Musk was saying this um, like a few weeks ago, is, is that the the questions sometimes are more important than the on answers, right? How does your background help you to know what questions to ask, especially to to um, users when kind of digging down and to find like specific details about what they want? I know that. Uh Coming from a tech background, I'm very focused on solutions, right? And it is something that I had to unlearn to a certain extent because um, in the beginning when I started, um, so developing and then going into engineering, we always focused on what can we build to address this user need? We took the user need as a given, right? Or rather, I should say the requirements as a given. But um, one, of, uh, one of the companies that I did a short stint for was a medical devices company, and uh, they developed artificial heart valves um, and very, very interesting work. And I was very focused on the technical side. But I started to realize that, okay, this device that I'm making now, this medical device, is going to be used by a doctor to implant that valve into a human body. And I started to think about what kind of uh, things is the doctor looking for in that specific scenario. And so that is when I started to ask those questions. So I do think that that role is quite important. Um, but yes, there, was, there were quite a few things that I had to um, teach myself to not jump into the solution space and spend more time in the problem space. So what is the Delta? Yes. So the Delta is a venture builder, which essentially means that it incorporates quite a few aspects in terms of a venture studio, in terms of an incubator slash accelerator and of a venture capital firm. Mm. So we currently have um, uh, venture the venture studio. We have um, the capital arm. And these things work in tandem. And uh, sometimes there's coordination, there's cross-pollination to um, basically run with ideas and try and see if they have any legs to run on. Um, so in, for instance, um, you'd have an idea, you'd want to know, okay, um, is it desirable? Is it feasible? Is it viable, right? I'd like to think of it in those three terms, right? And of course, adaptability comes into it, but that comes a bit later. And so running the experiments and making sure that an idea um, can be executed uh, to satisfy those three blocks. That is one of the most important things that I've uh, learned uh, recently because execution turns out to be tremendously important and sometimes a little bit uh, underrated. I think you were kind of like shining a light on what it is to be a product manager at the Delta. Uh, but like, mm -hmm. could you like, give me some more uh, insight of like, what do you do on a, a daily basis? I don't know it involves like helping teams to um, uh, validate ideas, but like what, what, mm -hmm. what does it involve overall? It can really depend on which team uh, you're working on and which kinds of projects you're working on. When I started at the Delta, I worked on more than 10 projects and um, they were um, quite intensive um, rotations. We could call it like that. And most of them were focused on just running quick experiments to get the necessary info and the necessary data for validation um, that is good enough to take it to the next step. So it's mm -hmm. this progressive line of validation that you get in which you get stronger and stronger um, evidence to allow you to move to the next step. Um, 
And now at the Delta, at the time we didn't have that distinction, but now we split it into venture managers and product managers. And that's the role that I was doing more in venture management. I then moved to a different project, um, which I've been working on for the past eight to nine months, in which I've been there uh, embedded in the team a little bit longer term with the clients. And essentially it um, it's that uh, drive to build and to also test and validate. So we work on both um, feeding things into our build kind of a, a, a feed and runway, swim lane, whatever we'd like to call it. And we also have another thing in terms of the, um, uh, in terms of the discovery uh, pipeline. And so that discovery pipeline is where we, we incorporate um, ideas that we'd like to test, um, interviews that we'd like to run, all of that evidence that we'd like to get it that hopefully feeds into the other track. Day to day, it really does vary depending on where we are in the development of certain features, where we are in the, in the running of certain experiments, but that's usually the mix of my duties. Interesting. Uh, what's the discovery pipeline like? The discovery pipeline uh, usually starts with um, the ideation phase. You think of, okay, keeping in mind the feedback that we've gotten and everything that we know, and of course, what we've got for the vision of what we'd like to build. Um, let's come up with a few hypotheses of what um, users might actually want. And let's see if we can uh, build a very, very simple model of them and then take it to testing and see how they react. So it could take from, the, from an idea to uh, fleshing it out, make, maybe making a prototype, maybe running an experiment uh, sequence in terms of, for example, running a customer interview, then a landing page, then trying to emulate it a little bit more. And we try and go through that process and get the evidence at the end. And we try and see how how um, strong that evidence is going to be in terms of, um, let's say, what people say is a little bit less strong than what people do, right? For example, um, opinions hold less weight than facts. And we try to get to the end of that and look at that data and try and place it and see how that can affect different kinds of um, user propositions, value propositions that we can then see if we can feed into the next uh, development pipeline. Interesting. And uh, what do you do when you get that evidence? So that evidence usually feeds into either a uh, scoring matrix or it um, that evidence feeds into a scoring matrix, which then is then used to have discussions on um, what we can prioritize for the next development cycles. And essentially it becomes a um, just a discussion on the, the qualitative and quantitative data that we've got. And... Uh, essentially, we, we use that as a baseline and we still always go back to the vision and the mission of the startup and see how that aligns and what we should prioritize in the next in the next cycle. Interesting. Um, what's one of the most challenging things I would say you do on a daily basis? Yeah, I might have to say it's um, aligning on prioritization. And this this is quite a large one. I know it's something that I just mentioned, but um, one of the important questions isn't just do we need to build this or should we build this? But it's more, do we need to build this now? Because especially when you talk about um, very early stage startups pre-seed that are um, just trying to get something out the door that users are going to love, um, there's a runway to think about. There are funding rounds to think about. And every time that you decide to build something, you're deciding to not build something else at that time. And so it's a very delicate balance. And um, as you might imagine, um, a lot of folks might have differing opinions on what you should do. Maybe the growth department wants to do A, the product department really thinks we should do B, um, sales really thinks that we should go with C. And so getting all of that understanding, I think it's quite challenging. Um, finding that sweet spot, finding that solution 
that's good enough for now that you can run and that it's not fatal so that you can revisit it afterwards. I think that is a very, very delicate balance and one of the most challenging things I do. And uh, this is my last question here. Um, what's one of your weaknesses that you've turned into your strengths? I'd have to say that it is um, what used to be a weakness for me, which was um, I'd be hesitant to ask for help. Now has become the learnings that I've taken from that have turned it into one of my strengths, I think. So in the beginning, um, I think mostly because of my engineering background, I really like to struggle with problems. I really like to sit with them, make sure that I try and go down the rabbit hole and figure them out, right, before bringing it to anyone else. And um, I've learned that with some problems, that's a great thing to do. But with others, it might lead to me spinning my wheels. And so I've uh, come to realize that sometimes um, I need to identify which problems are worth uh, diving deep and which problems are just worth reaching out to my tech lead and saying, listen, um, this is what I'm thinking. This is the quick hypothesis. I think, what do you, what do you say? Do you have like a direction that I should go into to research this so that you can go back to the task that is so, so crucial right now. And, um, I think that that's become one of my strengths over time. Oh, wow. Um, Richard, it was such a pleasure speaking with you. I learned a lot about what you do, learned a lot about like what happens um, at the Delta. And um, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dwayne. Awesome. And thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch with us, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now. Take care. Mm-hmm.